Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt back here with Daryl Slater for the latest episode of the Talk is Cheap podcast. We're coming off a win, which uh, neither of us predicted, but in retrospect, maybe we should have because the Panthers look like an absolutely terrible football team. Um, bad enough to the point where like, the Giants won 25-3. They deserve a lot of credit for that, did a lot of things well that they'd struggled with, but I still didn't walk out of there exactly knowing what this Giants team is going to look like. Like Any confidence that they're going to be this team every week kind of thing, right? It's one of those wins that it's really hard to read too much into just because, yeah. you know, the Panthers are sh- were shorthanded. Obviously, the Giants are shorthanded too, uh, but the Panthers were shorthanded offensively. You no know, Christian McCaffrey, most notably. Sam Darnold stinks. We said it a million times. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so the Giants defense played well in a game where they should have played well, in the game where they need the team needed them to play well uh, because of how shorthanded they were on offense, the Giants were. So, uh, yeah, they did exactly what they should have done defensively and exactly what people envisioned from them coming into this year. Now, people also envisioned a lot more from them, which is yeah. playing really well against really good offenses, and they get the Chiefs on Monday and a chance to prove that this defense can stack uh, a few good games. But, like, you know, they're still 2-5. and five. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on, yeah, yeah, yeah. on, on crowning them, and uh, let's see if they can do more. Yeah, that's the thing, Yankee. Yeah, you pointed to like the defense, and obviously we've been pretty critical of Patrick Graham and the defense this year because they've been really bad. The pass rush was terrible for like a three or four week stretch. They had maybe their best pass rushing performance of the Patrick Graham era against the Panthers. Uh, Zizo Jolari was great. Leonard Williams is great. Um, guys like Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane are still kind of invisible, and I think Carter might be hurt. Um, so that those were encouraging signs, but you need to see it against an offense that is you know explosive like the Chiefs. Uh, that has a pretty good offensive line as a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes that he's thrown a lot of interceptions, but he really doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So we're really going to find out what this defense is actually made of this week. And, you know, I mean, the secondary played a lot better, and it probably helped to have pressure up front. But I, I still need to see it more than one game. Oh, absolutely. And I think anyone should look at it like that. And I, even Patrick Graham, we, we asked him today, um, do you feel like this group has turned a corner or do you want to see more? And, and basically he said he wants to see more. You yeah. know? And that's a fair, reasonable response from a guy who came out last week and basically ripped his defense. And they responded. And they responded, like I said, in a game where they where they should have responded. If they had played poorly in that game, that would, you know, it would be a complete disaster. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. They did their, they did their jobs. They didn't do anything um, that, you know, deserves uh, an insane amount of praise. Um, you know, they did, they get, 
just the right amount of praise for that. Now, if they go out and do it again against the Chiefs, I don't look. I don't really care that the Chiefs are not having a great year. Like they yeah. have the per, we all know they have the person. I think Joe Judge and yeah. Patrick Graham have made it a point to be like it doesn't really matter what their record is. Their personnel is so nasty. I yeah. mean, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, who's covering Kelsey? The Giants have struggled against tight ends this year worse totally. than him. So. If they, what if they if they somehow find a way to limit him and limit Hill and limit Mahomes? Man, give them all the credit in the world. Um, and maybe they're on to something in terms of having a competitive season. But I think I'm still in the wait-and-see mode here. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think one thing we should do, because we've criticized him maybe as much as anyone not named Dave Gettleman, is praise Jason Garrett, who had a pretty good game plan uh, this week. You know, he rolled Daniel Jones out a lot. The offensive line was struggling, and they were able to overcome that. You know, they had a trick play, which, you know, maybe he's getting a little overhyped because it's basically just the Philly special, and it's been repeated time and time again, but it worked. Dante Pettis threw a pass. Daniel Jones, one-handed catch. That was like a momentum shifter. You know, they still aren't – he's still struggling to call the right plays in the red zone. They had one stretch where Kyle Rudolph, who they, he keeps trying to get into open space, which doesn't make sense because Kyle Rudolph might be as fast as us. <laughs> like, not an exaggeration. He's a nice guy, but pretty slow. And so he, he had, like, the end zone in front of him and no defenders, and he couldn't get there in time. Got called out of bounds, and they had three more plays where they ran it. They ran it, did a play action that didn't work, and then ran it again and got stuffed. And they've only had, like, one touchdown in the red zone or something like that all year, which is crazy. But, again, Jason Garrett, you know, he called a, a smart game. He called the kind of plays that you kind of, like, wonder why he doesn't, you know, adjust in this way every week. It seems like he's always stuck in his conservative ways a lot of, in a lot of times. But he's, he's done a much better job this year. I think – I wouldn't say he's been a revelation because they still are only averaging, like, 19 points a game. But it's been better than it was last year, which is a very low bar. And if you can, you know, call plays to, like, Daniel Jones' strengths more often, then this offense will be better. But, again, this is another thing we have to wait and see. Like, if he – is he going to revert back to form this week? Especially, it looks like Saquon, uh, Kenny Galladay, and Canaris Tony will all probably not play again. Sterling Shepard should be back. So, he's still shorthanded again, no Andrew Thomas. Um, so, we, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm very curious to see how, what the game plan looks like against the Chiefs, whose defense is pretty bad. They have the Chiefs' defense has been a disaster, and uh, I think you know. And you look at that last game, and Jason Garrett was sort of creative by necessity, uh, yeah. Just because he was missing, and he even said it basically today, and in you know, in so many words as he's ever going to say that is like they were missing playmakers, and their line was bad, uh, worse than it usually is, and so they had to do things, move the pocket, move Daniel Jones around, in order to account for that, which is what good offensive coordinators do. They adjust to what their personnel is out there. So, uh, like I mean, the trick play, like you said. Uh, not exactly reinventing the wheel. And they, you know, no one, no one in the Giants coaching staff claimed to have done. No, it. even Joe Judge said it like wasn't that original. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I, look, I mean, man, I don't. I mean, you expose your quarterback like that. I guess it gets a lot of hype because it, number one, it worked. Number two, Daniel Jones made an awesome play. He's a really good athlete. We all know that. He's a really, you know, he moves well. Even though he looked a little awkward in that play, like the guy can run. He's a good athlete. He's a former basketball player. Uh, so give him credit for that. But like, you're obviously airing the ball out and exposing him to a hit and now forget about whether he had a concussion previously or not like i mean you're airing him out there and he could have gotten uh just destroyed he could have gotten a and, shoulder and you're and you're and you're relying on a non-quarterback putting the ball in the right spot so he's not putting him in harm's way kind of thing yeah right? i mean it's such a risky play like in the narrative around it is like this triumphant moment but like i i think uh maybe not the wisest thing to do there but but setting that aside, I think you look at the rest of what Garrett did in that game, and it obviously doesn't get as much attention as the trick play. But you know, talking about moving the pocket around and um, and, and doing motion type stuff that he, he really hadn't done a lot of, um, I think that those are you know good signs that he can 
adjust and 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 uh, play well against a good defense when they're not at full strength. And let's be honest, I mean the Panthers have a pretty good defense. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs are it's weird, you know. I mean they were supposed to be a lot better than this defensively, uh, and then they, they still just have bags, yeah. Yeah, they they just haven't haven't done that, and so. Um, man, they're coming off a brutal 27-3 loss in, in Tennessee. You know there's going to be an angry Kansas City team. Yeah, it's a get-right game for, for them. For sure, yeah. no doubt. So that's why I still look at this as a game that's going to be like a big-time uphill challenge for the Giants to win. With, with the whole Garrett thing, just watching the way he called the plays, it does, I mean, it's probably going to be what-if all year because all these guys are injury-prone at this point. But it does make you wonder what this offense could look like with everybody there because I think that was that play was a Kadarius-Tony play. They for sure have that design for Kadarius. He's a former quarterback. They've been... They probably were going to do more wildcat these last couple weeks if he hadn't gotten hurt. Um, it doesn't seem like he's going to play this week. Uh, I don't, they definitely shouldn't rush him back. Ankle injuries are tough. Um, we've seen that. We've seen Saquon a couple years ago get rushed back, and he has an ankle injury right now. And and uh, you wrote about Kenny Galladay today, and that was today, right? It was. Yeah. The his the way I mean he's had basically every possible lower body injury this year, but yeah. Um, like of those guys, like what? Who do you think they need back the most? I think so, Andrew Thomas would be number one for me, but he's not, I'm not including him in that Right, list, yeah. so if you're just talking about the skill players, yeah. Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, Kadarius, Tony. Let's kind just of, say those three because it looks like Sterling Shepard. I kind of feel like Kadarius. <laughs> yeah, I think They can do so much with him. Yes, yeah, yeah I think you can Weirdly, live without... Weirdly, which is crazy we, to say, yeah. We know that they can live without Saquon Barkley because they did it last year. Yeah, and um, I mean, Devontae, is no, Devontae Booker is no good, and they still were fine. Like, they survived. Right, I think the Tony thing, he, he adds an air of unpredictability to your offense yeah. that... Uh, and the versatility is is just such. I mean, yeah, it's important to have your number one receiver and Kenny Galladay. That would be important. Um, but I think in terms of uh, the domino effect of opening things up for other guys, Kadarius Tony has that sort of um, like non-statistical effect. Like he can be in there for a play where he's not targeted or the ball he doesn't have a catch. But like his presence in terms of oh, what are they going to do? And we talk, it's funny because we talked in the opening after uh, maybe the opening game. They, they had a limited package for Tony, right? And yeah, the narrative was like, rounds, yeah. oh, man, you put him out there, you're going to run that exact play. But now it's like now if you they put do him that, out there, yeah. you don't know what you might run. See, that's the thing. A bunch of yeah, with him. exactly. And that's why it was, it's confusing the way they used him at first. But, and the thing about him is, like, he doesn't need to necessarily be open. It doesn't necessarily matter who's even covering him because he's a guy that can make people miss after the catch and stuff. So He's a very much but, of a Sandlot-type player, whereas Kenny Galladay is more of your traditional yeah. big-bodied receiver. But, but, so, yeah, yeah. But they, they could use him. And I will say they certainly do miss Galladay, I think, because he's a guy that, like, attracts attention. And, yeah. you know, in that Saints game, he looked really good. And then since then, it's kind of been it's been tough. I mean, they spent a lot of money on that guy. They need him to be healthy and playing. Uh, yeah. I mean, geez, like, he played five games last year, hip and hamstring. He's played uh, really four and a half games this year, uh, hamstring in camp. He's got the knee now. He dealt with the hip and groin uh, on the injury report that didn't cost him any games. But, uh, like, Let's be honest. Like, it's always something, yeah. He's had one really good game, and the rest of the games have been either average or, you know, he's had one really good game, or he's been three average yeah. games, and then he didn't have a catch in Dallas, but he you know, didn't play much before he got hurt. So he, it's early. Look, we're seven out of 17 games in. It's more than 40% of the season. 40% of the season for a guy who essentially has like a three-year $54 million contract, and he has not been worth the money so far. Yep. So, you know, they need him to get get back. And stay healthy. Like, that's a huge concern for this guy. We all said it before when they signed him. They, they're giving this guy number one receiver money. Not only can he be a number – not only the question is can he be a number one receiver, can he stay in the field? So the answer so far has been no. And, and look, I mean, some of that is not really the fault of the, of the player. Some of it is bad luck. Some of it is durability. I get it. But, like, that's just the reality in NFL. If you're not able to, to stay in the field, then – 
the That's cliche it. of the best ability is availability. Thank yeah. you. I was yeah. looking at that cliche last yeah. night when I was writing the story. <laughs> and I couldn't come up with it. And uh, but yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, and this was you know, Gettleman always had lines over the years where he didn't want to sign guys with injury histories because hurt guys get hurt. I think is his Stay line. Hurt. Stay yeah. hurt. Yeah, and that's been the case. I mean, Dory Jackson's been relatively healthy, but the other guys have all been banged up or not good that he signed. Um, speaking of injuries, we should talk a little bit about the big news that they had this week injury-wise was Jabril Peppers. Um, tough break. You know, I don't think he was having a particularly good season. Um, he was losing some playing time. He's in his contract year. So he ruptured his ACL, and he suffered a high ankle sprain in that last game against the Panthers. The season's done. I mean, those are two injuries on their own that are, like, long-term. Like, high ankle sprain is the one you never want to hear a guy get. And he ruptured his ACL, which I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but that sounds worse than tearing the ACL. Uh, I imagine. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so, it's not a partial tear. That's so not so not only is he going to miss the season, his free agency value is now shot if he had any, but he's not going to be able to play at the start of next season. I mean, it's a really bad break. It's probably a year-long recovery process for I'm him. I'm sure, yeah, from that serious of an injury. Like, obviously, the ankle he'll be recovered from in you know, a matter of a few yeah. months or whatever, but the ruptured ACL is – and this was this was on a punt return. Yep. And uh, in – you know, it was one of those where, and the Giants have had maybe like two or three of these this year: the CJ Board, this one, and uh, Nick Gates. Where it's like mm. immediate. You, like, yeah, you guys know right are, away. Yeah. Are like guys, they hear something probably. They say you can hear that pop, and guys are like waiting the trainers out. Yeah, Jabril. Yeah, I think that happened with Jabril the other day, right? I think yes. I remember that. Like the opposing guys were like, "Let's go," because yeah. I think you can hear that. Like that's what I've heard guys say: is you can hear that pop so loud, and um, and. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he did walk off the field, but with an ACL, you could you could walk. Yeah, that, with yeah. An there's ACL. there's been so many yeah. cases like that, that's the weird part about it's hard because sometimes you get kind of like oh he's walking maybe he's gonna be okay like I've, I covered the Eagles uh, before I covered the Giants and there was a post game where Jay Ajayi literally like complained about not getting the ball enough post game and then we found out later that night or the next day that he tore his ACL like so he clearly didn't know he had torn his ACL that's at wild. that point. And the only was complaining about his role. They didn't even play another snap the rest of the year. That's wild. And they were doing the thing where they rub, where they move the kneecap um, to check for the torn ACL. You yeah. could see what that's what they were looking for. So um, that's a horrible break for and, you know he's a Jersey guy, right? Yeah. Grew up right up the road here, went or went to school at went least. Went to Paramus, in, yeah. Uh, in Paramus Catholic and Don Bosco, and so um, obviously a big time recruit coming out of, out of here. People have known him around here for a long, long time. Came back to the Giants in the Beckham trade. We all know that fifth year option this year, and the Giants. Look, I mean, he, he is not worth a first-round pick. He's a, he's a solid NFL player um, who has value on special yeah, teams. Yeah, and the thing they, they pushed was that he it was like they were getting another yeah, first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. hasn't been the case. Yeah. Um, he was obviously a captain for this team, so there's value on several levels within the locker room. And, and let's be honest, like, they could have moved him and potentially in a trade and gotten a yep, late-round pick for him. That's part of it. And freed up half his salary and kicked that salary to next year. That's obviously not happening now. So it's, it's a bummer on several levels for the Giants whether they were going to trade him or weren't going to trade him. And then also it's really tough for him because whether he stays here with the Giants or not, he's not getting diddly squat for money next year. And it's a small earning window. It's a small earning window, and he plays a physical position, and and it's just a tough break for a guy uh, who, um, you know, look, by all accounts, tries hard, works hard, uh, and is a good leader. He's a captain. Yeah, and I don't know how much, like, defensively they're going to necessarily miss him because he had kind of been phased out defensively. Um, you know, with them using Logan Ryan and Xavier McKinney, but uh, but and the depth is at least an issue. I'd say no there. doubt. Yeah. yeah, no doubt for sure. He's more, he's a more than uh, solid player, and uh, and uh, their punt returner and all that. Yeah. So that, that they're going to have a few holes to plug, and we're like punt returner. That's one they're going to have to address because now the board got hurt on kickoff return two weeks ago, then Peppers last week. Uh, so yeah, some moving pieces for sure on special teams. 
I, I do wonder if I mean Peppers is going to have to sign like a one year oh, prove yeah. it type thing, and I, I'm curious if he just comes back. I don't know if he's especially happy here right now, so maybe not. Um, but he's a New Jersey kid, so maybe he uses next year as like his rehab year for a lot of it, and then he comes back and tries to rehab his value in some way. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Giants aren't going to have much cap space, so they would happily bring him back. I would say. Uh, and that, that's a good segue. You talked about like the trade thing. Um, Evan Engram is like the big name right now. The, so the trade deadline is going to happen between now and our next podcast, I would imagine. So um, Tuesday at four. How do you think the Giants approach it? Number one and number two. Do you think Evan Engram is here at this time next week? Ah, uh, man. I kind of lean. I kind of feels like they're not going to do much, doesn't it? I, it feels kind of like last year where they're like, yeah, we, we can still compete. They're talking themselves into being a legitimate and team. And John Mayer's whole thing is like, I don't like the message it sends when we trade everybody away. Yeah. Which is why they've never done it. In the, well, not never. They did it that one year with like Snacks Harrison and right. Eli Apple. And but stuff. those were guys who, the Eli Apple was a problem guy. Yeah, it was like one. clearing out the, Evan the Ingram's lock. not a yeah. problem guy. Yeah. D- uh, Damon Harrison clearing out a big bad contract. Like, I mean, Evan Ingram is not only not a problem guy. Obviously, look, I mean, he's been an underwhelming player in the field. He's not a problem guy. He's not a bad guy in any way. Yeah, the coaches but, love him. Uh, the number, the, the cap number's not bad. It's $6 million this year. Yes, you could roll the half of it three so to it's, next it's year. Really more like, it's really like 3.7 or something if you factor in what he's been paid already or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. basically, I mean, we're 7 seven seven eighteenth through the year because the guy yeah. get, guys get paid yeah, 18. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So if you look at he plays, I mean, even he doesn't play. He's already, you know, he got paid You get paid Kansas anyway, City. yeah. So you're looking at nine... Whatever. Uh, I can't do the math. Whatever. <laughs> Ten games out of the 18. Uh, so that would move him, uh, you know, move about a little more than half of the cap space uh, to next year. So uh, they're not going to get much for him. Yeah, the that's draft the thing. Pick. I mean, like, yeah, so. I mean, the most, I mean, so look, the Zach Ertz trade he got, the Eagles got a fifth round pick and a young corner in return. I think that would be the very high end of what they could get. Yeah. Um, I, I did. It's funny. I did see a report that there are multiple teams interested. That that, that felt very clearly like the Giants is trying to see maybe if there's interest out there. And no matter, <laughs> it's one of those reports. Really okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to what level? I yeah. Mean, like, interest is yeah, such interest, a nebulous yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I'm, you know, you can't. If Dave Gettleman's still around here, you can't put it past him that he would do Paul Leonard Williams thing. <laughs> Bring in somebody, yeah. right? Like, I, mean, I, you think they won't? And Joe Judge had like a line about how he's thinking about the long term, not just this year so you would think maybe he wouldn't want that to happen but it's happened before so you can't rule it out for sure for sure um and yeah so then what what uh what do you think happens on on monday night yeah i don't think the giants are going to win this game i can't remember what they i picked it for the for our uh, picks but i you know i think this is probably a 10 10 to 7 point game at best for the giants um yes the chiefs defense is vulnerable i just don't see the giants being able to do much in terms of stopping Patrick Mahomes in that group, like so, probably like thirty-one or twenty-eight for the Chiefs. So, but I'll go thirty-one, twenty-one Chiefs. Yeah, I think I had something like twenty-eight to uh, twenty-one Giants because I think, I mean, if they can't score in the Chiefs' defense, then we can go back to you know calling for Jason Garrett's head. I mean, he's probably going to survive the season, but um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. I I get that, like in theory, like. The fact that we can even talk about the possibility they can be competitive this game is a step up from what we would have said a week ago. But I think the Panthers game kind of like did a little too – like the Panthers game and the Chiefs lost last week maybe swung things a little too far. Um, and I and they're, they're going to be angry. They're, Andy Reid is not a guy that usually loses many games in a row historically. So, yeah, I would, I would pretty safe bet that the Giants lose this game, I would say. Um, all right, so we can uh, wrap it up on that note. We'll get you guys back next week. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.